Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Guys, we really need to believe. We really need to believe that God is good. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying this today to you now because we are in church and this is what you're supposed to say in church. Okay? I'm saying this to you because this is the truth. This is the truth and you need to know it. You need to believe it. Because this life throws problems at you and it's going to challenge you and the devil is going to see if you believe what you believe he wants to see he wants to test you it's nice to be here in church it really is i love being here with you guys but i know if i, I if i look into your faces and if i ask you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You're not with the body. You're not here with us. And then you need to encourage yourself. You need to know what you believe. You need to know what you believe. You need to know who you are. Because like I said, the devil is going to test you. Life is going to test you. I don't like to say life because Jesus is life. He doesn't test us. But the circumstances in this world is going to test you. I promise you. And I know you know that. He's going to, fl- he's going to come and he's going to ask you, Are you free? Are you really free? He's going to come and he's going to, to tempt you to, to fear. The temptation to fear and to to trust in our own works and to just be anxious about everything. It's going to come. It's going to come. And we need to be strong. But not we. Not us. We don't need to be strong. We need to be strong in the Lord. We need to know what we know. We we need to know what we believe. Amen? Amen. Okay. Okay. Let's see. So today we are continuing our series on the letter to the Ephesians. And last week we looked at the way that Paul starts the letter off with a bang by reminding the Ephesians that they have a brand new identity. He shifts their focus from looking at their past as pagan idol worshippers, to who they are now, who God made them to be. So this is perfect, connects perfectly to what I just said. Paul wanted to, to, to show them, this is who you are. Yeah. It is not who you feel you are. It is not who people say you are. It is not what, what you have done in your past that determines who you are. This is who you are. 
who your Creator says you are. Amen? Amen. Who determines the purpose of something? That something's Creator. The man that created that chair created it with a purpose. What is the purpose? To be a chair and to be sat on. Amen? God is our Creator and He created us with a purpose. And what is our purpose? To serve Him. To be in relationship with Him. To be one with Him. To be His bride. To be His children. To be His holy priesthood. That is what Paul came and and why he wrote this letter to the Ephesians. Because these people, like we are tempted many times to look at our past, they were looking at their past. They were seeing themselves still as idol worshippers and people from the world. People, they were looking to their past and their past was giving them their identity. Paul was trying to shift their focus, okay? Show them who you really are, who your creator says, who he made you to be. Some main truths that we highlighted is that, one, God has already poured out every single blessing that He has. God has already poured out every single blessing that He has. There is no use in begging God for any blessing because we have it already. How awesome is that? Doesn't that take away all doubt? Yes. We don't have to, when we pray, we don't have to doubt that God will give us what we ask for. If we pray according to His Word. Amen. Amen. Because He has given it already. How can you not receive something that you already have? Amen. Amen. There is no use in begging God for any blessing because we have it already. And then number two. We saw that it is all about our union with Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we have everything we need. You really have everything you need in Jesus. Apart from Him, we have nothing. Being one with Jesus is the greatest blessing of it all. The greatest blessing that we receive is to be one with Jesus. And then number three, we saw how. We saw how we can become one with Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 13 explains it. He says, We heard the gospel, we believed in Jesus, and God sealed us with His Holy Spirit. It's that simple. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to clean ourselves up. We just believe. And He changes us. He transforms us into new beings. Beings that is not of this world. Spiritual beings. Beings that is one with Him. Think about that. Human beings that is not just human anymore. It is human beings. One with the Creator. Wow. We believed in Jesus. God sealed us with His Spirit. And that is how we are united to Jesus. Okay. So that is what we... That is the three main points that that we looked at. Okay, so let's look now at Ephesians 1 verse 9. We looked at these verses already, but there is something else I would like to bring out from these verses in Ephesians 1 verse 9. 
Um, could I ask someone to get me a glass of water, please? Stephen, maybe. Thank you, Stephen. A glass or a cup of water. Okay, Ephesians 1 verse 9. God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. And this is the plan. This is the plan. At the right time, He will bring everything under, sorry, bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. Ons het erfvoorse. Is jylle opgewonde oor die erfvoorse? Are you excited about your inheritance in Christ? If you're not excited, it's just because you don't know what it is. Amen. Because if you find out what your inheritance in Christ is, you'll get excited very quickly. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Much appreciated. Um, okay, verse 11. No, yeah. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own. Wow. You are His own. By giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised. And that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. Okay, so there are a few things that attract my attention in these verses. We need to remember that much of what Paul and the other apostles wrote is an explanation of what happened in the scriptures. Okay? What is the scriptures? What is the scriptures? Let me just show you. Okay. There we go. The scriptures... Is this front part of the Bible? Okay. This front part. That is uh, Genesis to Malachi. Malachi. Okay. That is Genesis to Malachi. And those scriptures, along with the life of Jesus, which is the. Where do we read about the life of Jesus? In the Gospels. In the Gospels, yes. So those scriptures and the life of Jesus. Uh, is what the apostles had to meditate on. Okay, like we have the whole Bible to meditate on, but they had that part to meditate on. Okay, the first part of the Bible, that is Genesis 
to Malachi and then also the life of Jesus. Because remember that Paul wrote these letters and the apostles wrote the letters after Jesus left the earth and given the Spirit. So that is what they could meditate on. That is, I don't know, I'm not sure when the Gospels was written. I don't think it was written down yet. Something like 60, 61 after. 61 years after Jesus ascended back to heaven. Okay. So those scriptures and also the life of Jesus and his resurrection in the Gospels is what the apostles had to meditate about. God used them to explain the scriptures to the churches. Okay. That is what Paul, why Paul wrote these letters. Uh, and why the other apostles wrote letters. To explain to the churches... Um, the new churches that was just born when the Holy Spirit was poured out. We sing about it. The church of Christ was born. Mm. And everywhere they went and they spread the gospel and churches sprang up. And Paul had to explain the scriptures to the churches. Amen. And about who Jesus is. Okay. Um, in Luke 24, we read about... A story or an account where it is after Jesus' resurrection, he appears to two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. Okay, this is after his resurrection. They meet these two guys um, and they were walking along and they were talking about all of the things that recently happened in Jerusalem. They were talking about Jesus' crucifixion, how he, he died and how that, all of that. No? And then they, they say that they had hoped that he was the Messiah, all of this, and they were prevented to realize that who they were speaking to. So Jesus appeared to them. In Luke 24, verse 26, we read, Luke 24, verse 26, Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Jesus is asking these two disciples. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Okay. So the apostles did the same thing. They explained from the scriptures, and I believe also from what they could remember of Jesus' life, that he is the Son of God who came to bring eternal life to the world. So God had a mysterious plan, and no one knew what it was. But we see that plan unfolding and developing in the scriptures, in the Old Testament scriptures. And then Paul and others come and explain the plan, like he does here in Ephesians. Okay, What was the plan? Verse 10 gives us the answer. In verse 10 we read, to bring everything, okay this is from the King James Version, he puts it a bit better for me. Uh, or, yeah, Yes, I'm back in Ephesians 1 verse 10. To bring everything together under the authority of Christ. The King James Version says. Uh, okay, no, sorry, that was the New Living Translation. Sorry, I'm confusing you. To bring everything together under the authority of Christ is the New Living Translation. The King James Version says to gather together in one all things in Christ. Gather together in one all things in Christ. So what does that mean? And as I was preparing for my message, searching what this means, I got a little confused and I was struggling a bit. 
And I think the Holy Spirit must have reminded me some basic Bible study principles. And that is that when we study something in the Bible, we always need to look at the context. <laughs> that is the number one key for studying the Bible, okay? Look at the context, the surrounding verses, and also the whole letter. If you want to do a verse-by-verse -verse study like we are doing here, start by reading the whole letter first. Get an idea of the structure of the whole picture. The whole idea that the writer wants to bring across. Okay? Because trying to explain a single verse is uh, without understanding the big picture is like guessing what a thousand piece puzzle looks like. Have you ever seen a thousand piece puzzle? Yes. Anthea loves building uh, huge puzzles. Okay? And if you look at only one piece, how difficult will it be to, to know what this picture is about. They should actually make puzzle boxes without the picture on it. Huh? Wouldn't that be a challenge? That you don't know what the picture looks like. So, um, maybe they should just... Okay, but I'm distracting myself now. But, yeah, they should paste a, a, a paper on top of it and then when you want to look, you can look. But after you've tried to build the puzzle. But anyway... So to look at one piece of the puzzle without knowing the whole is, is going to be very confusing, right? If you build a puzzle, you look for all the edge pieces. Yeah. You look for all the edges, the straight edges, and you build the frame. And that is what you are doing when you read the whole letter. Okay? It gives you some perspective, a frame to understand where everything fits in. Okay, and then you organize the puzzle pieces like this is, this looks like sky, because there's blue and white, mm. and this looks like grass, and you, you put them in piles, ne? and you lay them out. Okay, that is like looking at each chapter. So we've got the frame, we, we've got an idea of how everything looks, and then we, then we start looking at each chapter individually. Okay. To see how everything fits in. Okay, so read the whole letter to see the big picture. It will make your study much easier. I found this in the week. <laughs> it's much easier to understand. Okay, like this verse, Paul explains more what he means later in the letter. Okay, if you did not read the whole letter, you would get away, you, get, you will get way off track and you will give meanings to the scripture that isn't there. You will misinterpret the word. And the problem with that is that if you misinterpret the word, you give it wrong meanings, then you're also going to believe wrong things. Okay, that's the danger of it. Okay, so to get back to Ephesians 1 verse 10, it says that the dispensation, this is now from the King James Version, Ephesians 1 verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in Him. Okay, that's if the King James Version. And then there's a verse in Colossians that says the same thing. Okay, Colossians 1 verse 20, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, that's Jesus' cross, 
by him to reconcile all things unto himself. You, you hear that? It's the same as in Ephesians. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Okay, so Paul doesn't really specify what all things are. He just says all things in heaven and on earth. Okay, so instead of assuming things, we just take it as it is there. All things, meaning the whole creation. Okay, everything on earth and everything in heaven. Everything in the spiritual world. The word heaven is often used as, as the spirits referring to the spiritual world. I think Paul explains this in Romans 8. Romans 8 verse 18. Romans 8 verse 18. Romans 8 verse 18, Paul explains Ephesians 1 verse 10. Or we can find some explanation there. Romans 8 verse 18 says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting, you hear that word? All creation, all, all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Death and decay do it in veroudering of Decay means like to, to die, okay? The process of dying, decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. So by His death and resurrection, okay, Jesus reconciled all of creation. We see that all of creation was brought under the curse, no? All of creation was affected by death and decay. Everything, not just human beings. Okay? But this is how wonderful Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is. That by His one sacrifice on the cross, Jesus reconciled everything. That is quite a mystery to me. I don't understand how that works. I understand how it works for human beings, but not like for the whole creation. Um from our perspective, this reconciliation started with us as human beings, and the rest of creation will be reconciled when Jesus returns at the end of time, okay? At the second coming of Christ. This physical world will be changed. That includes our physical bodies, okay? But in the spirit, it has already been done. In the spirit, it is already complete, I believe. It is finished. When the time comes, um, what is already done in the Spirit will be revealed. Okay. But let's look at some verses from Ephesians where Paul explains the same thing. Ephesians 3 verse 3. If, we didn't, if I didn't go in the week and read the whole Ephesians, I would not have found this explanation. That's why, why I made a point of saying that we need to if you want to study the Bible verse by verse, 
read the whole book first. Okay, read the whole letter first. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians 3 verse 3. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, as I briefly wrote earlier, you see, he's referring back to what he wrote in Ephesians 1, okay? As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by His Spirit has revealed it to His holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews. This is the plan, guys. Okay? Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings. Because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by uh, spreading the good news. And then Ephesians 6 also talks about this. Ephesians 6 verse 19. You see, we mustn't take verses out of context from the Bible. Don't just read one verse. Read the whole book. Look how beautifully Paul is explaining what he means if we look at the whole. You see? Ephesians 6 verse 19 says, And pray for me too. Ephesians 6 19. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. That. What this. Then he repeats it again. That the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Okay. So there we have it. Paul explains what he means here in chapter 1. In Ephesians 3 verse 5, Paul explains that it is by his spirit that this mystery is revealed. We can't understand this mystery without the Holy Spirit. Okay. That is another very important thing that we need when we study the Bible. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us. Okay? Um, verse 6 gives us the answer. That salvation is not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too. It is for the whole world. It is for all people. Paul shows us that God will change and make new all of creation in due time. But what... But what we need to focus on is people, okay? People. I think Shane once said that we, many times, we value things, but God values people. And that's sad, that we value other things and not people. But we need to align our hearts with what God hearts, God's heart desires and, and values. Um, value people. After all, God made the world for human beings to live in. Human beings is what God is interested in. Okay. Now, you might think 
Maybe we know this. <laughs> we know this already. God loves people. Okay. You must understand that this was a huge revelation to the Jewish people. Okay. They did not see it this way. There was a lot of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. Okay. The Jude and the, and the, uh, the Heidenazis. Uh, one reason being that Rome was in control of the country of Israel at that time. And some of this hostility was also flowing over into the churches, into the hearts of the believers. Okay? The Apostle Peter had to um, the Apostle Peter had to have the same vision three times before God uh, from God before he he went to go and preach to, to a Gentile. You know that story where Peter is sitting on the roof and um, he's very hungry and he gets a vision. And in this vision, a cloth comes down. It's full of animals of all kinds. Um, and three times this vision took place. Okay. And each time Peter said, no God, I can't eat. Oh, in the dream, God says, take and eat, I think. And Peter says, no, God, and he doesn't understand the dream. And in Acts uh, 10, verse 28, we read Acts, Handelinge. Handelinge, 10, verse 28. Acts 10, verse 28. That is now um, Matthias, Marcus, Lucas, Johannes. After John, yeah, after the Gospel of John, you find Acts of the Apostles. Acts 10 verse 28, he said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law. Okay, so, let me just fill you in. So, he got the vision, and then some people came to him, to take him to a, an unbeliever's house, a Gentile's house, okay? And Peter gets to the Gentile's house, and he said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. And then he asks, may I ask what you sent me for? So even here, even after getting the same vision three times, going to a different town, coming to a Gentile, the Apostle Peter he still doesn't know what he's there for. How crazy is that? Huh? It just shows you their mindset. They did not think that the Gentiles also needs to hear the gospel. Huh? He's, he's like, he got visions from God. He traveled to another town and now he's visiting these people. Oh, and by the way, uh, Cornelius is the Gentile to whom he had to deliver the gospel. He had a visit from angels as well. And the angels told Cornelius to send people to the town where Peter was having his vision. Okay. Um, and now Cornelius told that to Peter as well. Um, so it just shows us like it wasn't in his mind to share the gospel to this Gentile. Okay. 
because they saw the, the Gentiles as impure and unclean. Okay, they didn't associate with Gentiles. Um, and even at the, at the Gentiles' house, Peter still didn't know he was there to preach the gospel. Cornelius the Gentile then explains how angels visited him and told him to send people to find Peter. Peter realizes what's going on and Peter then finally shares the gospel. Okay? In Acts 10 verse 44. Acts 10 verse 44. We read, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, that is talking about Jews, who had come with Peter, were astonished, they were astonished, that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. They were astonished. This shows us that a drastic change in their understanding had to take place. Okay, That salvation was not just for them, but for the whole world. Okay. This is a fulfillment of the promise God made to Abraham all the way back in Genesis and even earlier in, in the Garden of Eden. But I read for you from Genesis 22 verse 18. Genesis 22 verse 18 says, And in your seed, this is God speaking to Abraham. Okay, Genesis 28. Oh, sorry, 22 verse 18. Genesis 22 verse 18. And in your seed... And the Amplified Bible gives us a nice explanation there. Christ, that is Christ, in your seed, which is Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. All the, all the nations of the earth be blessed. Okay? And by Him bless themselves, because you have heard and obeyed my, obeyed my voice. Okay, so that's, this has always been God's plan. Amen. From the beginning, from the scriptures, it has always been God's plan for um, all the nations of the earth to be blessed. Okay, I don't know how the Jewish people miss this. I don't know how they miss this, how they don't see this. Okay, But what can we learn from this? What can we learn from this? Because I gave you a bunch of Bible study tools now, which I hope you use. But what can we learn from this whole whole thing? We can learn that we have to be careful we don't get locked into one idea and then mm. we hold to that thinking that that is absolute truth. Amen. You know, if, if scripture proves us wrong, yeah. Yeah. we have to be willing to humble ourselves. Definitely. We need to humble ourselves. Yes, mm. very good, Rita. Thank you. But, uh, humble ourselves, yes. The, the world tried to indoctrinate them at the time, you know. So they had back the mind that the Jews are forgotten. Mm. Even Jesus witnessed to Samaritan and stuff and they still got stuck. And today the world tried to indoctrinate us like away from the mind of Christ mm. to the mind of the world. Mm. And that's you have to be careful to yeah. stay through the world. Amen. Amen. That's good, yes? What else do you guys think we can learn from this? We don't? Yes, we don't have to value things. We value each other. Yes, thank you, Nigel. Definitely. We need to value people because God values people. Yeah? 
His gospel, like we learn now, is for all people. Okay. Who else wants to give something? Is what I learn now is when you get the scripture, you mustn't only focus on the scripture. Yeah. Yes. You must go and read it full out and then go to the others. Yes. So then you can understand properly what the Lord yeah. Because he will explain. Yeah. You will get clear understanding once you see the whole picture. Yes, very good. shouldn't just minister to each other we should minister to those who don't know him yeah? okay so what I just extrapolated from that is that we can be thankful to God for the obedience of the Apostles to share the gospel it is thanks to them that we are here today Amen. and that we have the gospel and then number two which is a very simple thought but very important is that salvation is for everyone Amen. salvation is for everyone yeah. and that we don't we don't get to choose like the Jews and the Apostles they didn't get to choose it was just for them mm -hmm. it's not just for us to enjoy it is for everyone to enjoy amen we don't get to choose who we want to share the gospel with yeah. if you know someone that doesn't know the gospel it is your responsibility to share the gospel with yes. that person okay and then number three, we need to realize how precious the gospel is. We need to realize how precious the gospel is and how urgent it is to share it with everyone. Okay? Listen to what Paul writes to the Romans. Romans 1 verse 15. Romans 1 verse 15. He says, So I am eager... To come to you in Rome. He was eager. Eager. What's that in Afrikaans? He was gretig. He was excited about going to the, to the believers in Rome. Why? To preach the good news. To preach the good news. That was what he was eager about. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of of God at work saving everyone who believes that's the gospel wow think about that guys I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile there he repeats it again huh? first the Jew and also the Gentile Verse 17, this good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. And don't you know how many people want to know this? How many people is seeking for this? How many people want to be made right, just want to be right in God's sight? How many people are looking for eternal life? This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. That's also another knockout blow. Left, right punch. <laughs> it is accomplished from start to finish by faith. 
Okay? As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Okay? So Paul was eager to preach the good news because he knew the tremendous value. He knew the tremendous value of the gospel. In this whole world, with all its information, beliefs, religions, science, whatever you think of, there is only one way to God and eternal life. Only one way. Only one way. It's like a needle in a haystack. There's one way amongst many other information. But we have found the needle already. We found the needle and it's the gospel. Okay? People are searching desperately. Many of them don't even know they're searching. But we have the answer. We have the key. There is no other message, no other words that you can speak in this world that can save a person or extend an invitation for a person to believe in and, sa and be saved. How, how amazing is that? Yeah, we have the words of life. There is no other message that you can believe to be saved. There is only one way, and that is faith in Jesus. We have the key to eternal life. We have the truth. The truth. The one and only truth. And it is very crucial that we share it. People are searching out there. Okay? They are searching and they go to many different places mm. to find fulfillment and find happiness and find what they actually need without even knowing it, the gospel, Jesus, to find God, to be made right with God. There's only one way, the gospel and Jesus. Amen. The apostles knew what they had in the gospel. They were willing to travel thousands of kilometers. Mm on foot or horseback or donkey or whatever you whatever they traveled with in those times <clears throat> over ocean over oceans over deserts they traveled to in eagerness to, to share this word and to share the gospel and many of them even gave up their lives many of them all of them if not i think gave up their lives John. Yeah, yeah. They tried to kill John, but they couldn't kill him. The things that they went through, it's amazing. It shows you they knew something. They realized something of the gospel. They knew what we have. Some of them were boiled in pots of oil. That's what they did to John, right? They tried to boil him to death in oil and he got out and went on with his life. It's like... Could you imagine that? I don't know. And then eventually John goes to the island of Patmos. No? Patmos it's called. And there he wrote the Revelation, the book that you have at the end of your Bible. Revelations. So if you want to have revelations like you are just getting quite good. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is just, just a little uh, something to understand. John, he was in a cave 
in Patmos Island. And on top of the cave was a pagan <coughs> Nothing affects him, you know, just the same when he was in, a, in a Ephesus. His house was underneath one uh, big, big temple for the Asmas. It was sure. it's amazing as he, in the spirit, nothing affects him. He was living in the spirit. Mm. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. But, but these apostles, they died with the gospel on their lips. Like, for yeah. instance, the apostle or Stephen, he wasn't an apostle, he was a, a deacon in the church. Yeah. He was preaching while they were throwing stones at him, mm. killing him. That just shows you they had, they had a grasp of this gospel. And they knew the importance of sharing it. Okay. I will finish by looking at one last thought from Ephesians 1 verse 11 and 14. Um, and also Ephesians 3 verse 6. God's plan included an inheritance and a guarantee for that inheritance, which is the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 verse 11. Ephesians 1 verse 11 says, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. Okay? Ephesians 1 verse 14. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. Ephesians 3 verse 6. Ephesians 3 verse 6. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. That's beautiful. We are all a part of one body. We all belong to Christ. Regardless of our race or background or culture, in Christ there is only one race, the new creation race. Amen? Amen. Man with the Spirit of God in him. What is the inheritance? 1 Peter 1 verse 4. The inheritance. What is it? What is our inheritance? 1 Peter 1 verse 4 says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away. An inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay, so it says here that our inheritance, ons erfenis, dit wat ons gaan erf, it is incorruptible. Okay, what does that mean? Uncorrupted, not liable to corruption or decay. Imperishable. Okay? I'm going I'm to explain it to you now. And undefiled. Undefiled, the dictionary definition means not defiled, unsoiled, and it goes and it does not fade away. Okay, so this means that our inheritance is not something 
that can be found in this physical world. It is much greater than money and any possession you can imagine. Nothing in this world has any effect on our inheritance. Okay? It cannot rust. It cannot be stolen. It cannot rot. It cannot be used up. Wow. An inheritance that cannot be used up. Huh? How many times have you heard of people that inherit lots of money and then it's like fought for a long run to learn nothing? Our inheritance cannot be used up. You can spend like crazy, but it will not be used up. Okay? Do you hear the one? Why do you think I'm not taking notes? It cannot. Undefiled. The word undefiled, it says that our inheritance is incorruptible and undefiled. Undefiled means it cannot be spoiled. Okay? It cannot be made dirty. It cannot be broken or destroyed. It cannot lose value. Okay? And it will never fade or disappear. If you've got it, it's yours forever. Wow. That is our inheritance. But we still haven't given you the answer of what it is. What is it? I still haven't given you the answer. I have told you what that it doesn't fade away. That it's you will never lose it. It will never spoil. Won't rust. It's not of this world. But have I told you what it is? <laughs> Matthew 6. <laughs> Matthew 6 verse 19, uh, Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moth and rust, uh, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So what is this inheritance? Our inheritance is many, many things. <laughs> it is everything we spoke about last week and even more. But the best part of our inheritance <coughs> and yeah, there we go. The best part of our in inheritance is God Himself. Yeah, God Himself. Listen to this beautiful verse in Genesis 15. Uh, you don't have to go there, just write down Genesis 15 verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. That is what God is saying to you. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. God is our inheritance. To be one with Him. Do we realize what that means? And then also we inherit salvation. We are sons and daughters in the Father's house. Hebrews 1 verse 14 says, Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants uh, sent out in the service of God? In the service of God. For the assistance of those who inherit salvation. Okay? So our 
inheritance is salvation. And the, the angels is our servants. We are sons in the house. They serve us. They serve God by serving us. We inherit eternal life. We inherit eternal life. Eternal life is also our inheritance. Matthew 19 verse 29 And everyone and anyone sorry and anyone and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive many even a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life will inherit eternal life the definition i'm almost finished guys i'm almost finished but i believe it's good Definition of the word guarantee in Greek is money which is given as a pledge or a down payment uh, that the full amount will subsequently be paid. Okay, so what is that talking about? It's talking about a deposit. You know, all know what, what it is to pay a deposit, right? It's money that you pay that goes down off the big amount, but it's proof that you will complete the purchase. Amen. Ephesians 1 verse 14 says, The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will, or God's deposit, that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. So the Holy Spirit Himself is our inheritance. Amen. He is the first part of our inheritance that we get to enjoy now. He is the deposit that we get to enjoy now. And He is also the guarantee that we will have everything else that God has blessed us with. It's already ours. And parts of it we can already enjoy, like healing, deliverance, Amen. you name it. But we will experience it fully when we see Jesus face to face. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is the seal and deposit that we will get there. It will be fulfilled. Amen. You won't lose your salvation. If you're a believer, He has you in His hand. You will not lose it. And He will not lose you. No. Romans 8 verse 23. My last scripture that I want to read for you. <clears throat> Romans 8 verse 23. And we believers also groan. It connects to the previous verse that we read about the creation groaning and waiting for the revelation of God's children. Okay? Uh, Romans 8 verse 23. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste, a foretaste, a foresmarking, uh, of future glory. For we long for... Sorry. My tongue is twisting. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait for, with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. The glorified body um, that He has promised us. Uh, we were given this hope when we were saved. 
if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, uh, we must wait patiently and confidently. Amen. Amen. So that is our inheritance. Our inheritance is the Holy Spirit. It is to be one with God. And it is guaranteed as well by Himself. Ye will fulfill it. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.